How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Good. It's going so fucking good. So effing good. So effing good. It's good. So effing G. S F G. That's that's effing new guy, right? Or is it? Uh, it's an acronym for something F- else. F-N-G as well. F N G is a fucking new guy. Yeah. Terminology yeah. for uh, new hires who don't mm-hmm. know how to do anything because they're new. Mm-hmm. That's like, and then you just like, oh yeah, it just stands for uh, uh, funny, nice. Galliant. Gentleman. <laughs> yeah, g- gentleman. Yeah, there you go, gentleman. <laughs> That's the mom interpretation of a. Uh... I think that... I thought there's another one like, oh, LOL is lots of love mm-hmm. as far yes. as moms are concerned through text. There was, I saw this as a. Uh, an Sorry, grandma internet. died, LOL. <laughs> uh huh. Um, early internet thing that it's like, what do your kids actually mean about all of these acronyms? Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, I think I think there's multiple variants of it. One of them is uh, acronyms that would potentially be no, no. The one I saw, I remember now. The one I saw was all interpreting them in the worst possible light. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna have to freaking try to. I'm gonna try to find an internet. No, I might give up. I give up already. But <laughs> anyways, it would just be an innocuous thing like LOL or W2F or whatever. Um, but even like just taken to the highest tier. Of just like, oh yeah, this acronym is an abbreviation for like, uh, like where's the ecstasy or like where do you hide the body or something like that, right? It was all, it was all off the wall nonsense. Oh, they they assumed it was some crazy shit versus yes. the Christian momifying. Okay, it was it was the opposite direction. It was how do we escalate this? And so whatever you just sent your parent, they're calling you home immediately. <laughs> gotcha. Um, that was fun. This is why I just never text my parents. Hmm. I never text. <laughs> that's that's what Discord's for. <laughs> um, yeah, occasionally during like late high school um, or like college on break, my parents would like text, be like, "Hey, like, wh- where are you at?" Mm. I was like, "Oh, because you're always like going in between friends' houses and whatnot." Mm. Like, "Oh, I'm with so and so." Like, oh, "Okay." They just want to like, like, "Hey, you alive?" And you're like, "Yeah." And you're like, "Cool." Oh yeah, that's, just, that's just checking good. in. Um, the most I texted was when I got my my first phone. It was part of like my family plan, and I didn't realize that text cost like extra money because it was one of those plans that like didn't really have. It was basically a scam, but it like didn't have unlimited texting or anything like that. And so there was some girl I was doing the school project with in community college, and like we texted a bunch back and forth, and basically like it was sort of MSN or AOL or whatever. Like, not long messages, just like, LOL, haha, that's funny, whatever. You know, short nonsense. And uh, it came back and it was like $100 or something for the texting bill. And I was like, oh, well, I'm horrified of that. So disable texting, mom and dad. I don't want this at all. Like, literally just ask them to cancel it, Um, (laughs) which is (laughs) how I respond to things. Um, But Discord has made that easier because I don't text my parents. The Discord, my parents know. <laughs> yeah, I never really. I've, it's been a while since I talked to them. Honestly, Probably. I legitimately tried to get my parents on Discord, or oh. like, not for like communicating with me, but like, mm-hmm. hey, you have like a poker group that you like to play with, Dad. Why don't you like interact with some of your friends online, just as a oh, gotcha, medium, so you don't gotcha. need to use your phone. Get them in the people community. are on. Yeah, and if if it's one of those things like, oh, t- uh, Johnny has a COVID, maybe he mm-hmm. can call in. Uh, and still, like, 
pal around with you guys or, or just something. But I think it's yes. just so far removed from their generation of mm-hmm. that's something where they're going to have to have a bit of a, a hurdle. Yeah, my parents are very much on the we're literally going to call people. I think like they text a little bit like holidays and stuff like that. But that's from a perspective of I don't know if they have the confidence to call. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's a little sad. Mostly I, texting and then actually just calling people on the phone like they're friends. That's how they communicate. But for us, that's poker night. Poker night is jumping yes. on discord. Right. There are some people who like I do like hopping on a call. Um, but like a call for me is typically like, Hey, we're going to be chatting for a bit. We're going to catch up. Mm-hmm. So like, I typically won't text my mom unless it's like something very brief, but I usually we'll call her like every one to two weeks. If I'm like driving back from something or I'm on a walk, like, Oh, I'll catch up with mom. But it's usually like a half hour call at least. Right. Whereas friends, it's typically we'll text for plans, but if we actually need to talk about something, yeah, we probably get on a call. Mm-hmm. But even the other day, a friend messaged me. He's like, hey, can you call me? I'm like, why? <laughs> yeah, that seems, if I got that, that's yeah. automatically escalated to yes. something I'm like, very serious. Give me the context. Happened. I'm definitely willing to call you, but like, I'm currently yeah. working. Like, wh- what's up? But mm-hmm. it was very, I was surprised. Because I remember back in high school days, um, I mean, we we definitely were texting a lot with people, but there's sometimes I would just, I would want to call people and just like chat. Mm-hmm. And I remember calling somebody who I was kind of adjacently friends with. And then when I called them, I re- immediately realized um, they did not want to chat on the phone. Like they were, they were friendly, but they're like, kind of like they're looking for the offer. Hey, what's up? And I was like, uh-huh. uh, I just immediately felt the awkward tension. I was like, all right, uh, my bad. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. never spoke to them again. <laughs> uh-huh. A rational response, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy how etiquette has progressed, but phones phones I largely missed the uh the the train, trail, wagon, I don't know, whatever the modern equivalent is, the Uber. Um the Uber for. So, so you never had to like kind of pull out the the coil cord and then wrap it around a corner. <laughs> To try I, and get away from your parents so they couldn't hear part of the conversation. <laughs> I would have failed up over or under the cable. Uh huh. I uh, to some extent that was a thing because I I did have like friends from church and things like that before, or local friends before um before getting a phone. But the thing was, once I got a mobile phone, I didn't like use that to communicate with people much because I was just spending all my time on the computer anyways. And even now, like, if I want to call someone and I'm at my house, I'm going to just sit down in the computer, put on, like, my headset, and then, like, use voiceover IP or something. Because it's just, it's a lot cleaner. (laughs) It's very easy. (laughs) Like, it sounds better. Yeah. But, I don't know. That's what we're, (laughs) is that what we are here to talk about? I'll rephrase it as a question. Or, we have more important things to cut to the quick we have such important things to cut quickly Hmm. but as i'm already circumcised we'll go to plan two (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm gonna gonna let that linger a little bit (laughs) there's definitely jokes that could be made there i'm jewish what do you want (laughs) Um, that's racist (laughs) it's fine i can say it i'm jewish Um, some of my close friends are jewish (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, I was looking at a topic for tonight, and hmm. based on like a couple of historical events over the past couple of years, I was looking into gamers versus the industry, and that's hmm. the the big title that makes people go, "Ooh, what is that about?" Yeah. More specifically, uh, I was kind of hoping we could talk about where do we draw the line and how do we express displeasure or promote change within hmm. the video game ecosystem. Uh, okay. To give a specific example. Uh, we've had some games like Redfall come out, and it was poorly received for good that's, reason. That's fair. Yeah. So kind of like a, hey, what happened? How do we avoid this in the future? And what can we do from a consumer end? Um, because I feel like sending death threats to people is not good. Okay. I would say it's even bad. So you're, you're right off the gate. I mean, you introduced the hypothesis. There was the abstract right there. And then you're disregarding one of the potential solutions off the jump. We got we to gotta be more scientific about this. Okay. We got to we we really... kill them without giving them any warning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Catch them maybe, by surprise. Maybe a hot take, but I, I guess I agree with that. We probably shouldn't have, um, shouldn't have death threats. We can probably disqualify that. Yeah is a reasonable solution pretty early. It's safe to say as a consumer in general, um, you're not entitled to more than you spent money on. Um, hmm. So like, I think if you buy a game and it's not good, that does not entitle you to say, ah, bah, 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 bah. Um, now, if you bought something that is not what was advertised, I think right. you have more ground. Okay. Um, mm-hmm to like have a legitimate complaint and voice that complaint. Right. But if you just buy a game without doing any looking into it and it wasn't what you expected and you're upset, tough shit. Really, right. it's just tough shit. It's the same as like going to a movie without like watching any of the trailers. Uh-huh. Um this is the parent that bought little Timmy Manhunt for Christmas. Yeah. Not not realizing. <laughs> Timmy loves Band. video games banned in some places um no i think that's fair i mean there are i guess the consumer protection about getting your money back or something like that it varies from place to place and then also platform right so like steam gives you i think two hours generally that you can refund something um but a lot of games maybe you don't know whether it's good or not within two hours especially like rpgs but at the same time I don't think I'm in the camp of someone who says, like, you should be able to beat a game and then determine whether you should pay money for it, right? That's, like, yeah, that's, that's the piracy camp, I guess. <laughs> it's I a mean, specific faction. There um, is kind of a corollary. There is something band camp for music where mm-hmm. certain artists will list an album up there and be like, hey, pay what you want to pay. And right. again, that is a very magnanimous strategy on the provider's part, the producer of the content. Um, but at the same time, like I've also just listened to some stuff on Bandcamp and not bought an album. Right. Mm-hmm. But like, I also would, specifically for fucking Pomegranate Tiger, make more physical CDs, please. I want to play that <laughs> shit in my car without going on Spotify every time. Uh-huh. Let me slap in a disc. Because um, Dave is the last person that has a car that actually has a CD <laughs> player. It's very impressive. Um the Smithsonian reaches out to him constantly. Oh my god! It's not like I have a an eight track <laughs> or a 
No, you have a legitimate record it. player in your car. You don't need to tone <laughs> it down. You set it there on the dash. Subwoofers <laughs> in the back. Um, <laughs> the hardest part is not having them melt in the sun. Uh, but yeah, but it's. I, I I think I think the hypothesis you raise here. So you're talking about you know gamers versus the, versus the industry, and how do you equalize some of that power balance, right? Because that's really what you're talking about. Is I'm just putting words in your mouth now. What Dave was really talking about <laughs> was, um, uh, you know, kind of kind of this imbalance. I mean, the obvious answer for how do you gamers, obviously lowercase gamers, because, you know, we're not trying to associate with the wrong wrong type of gamer here, you know. But um, by that, I mean obnoxious people on the Internet and people who send death threats. You know, this is not Gamergate or something else like that. Uh, you mean vote with your wallet. That's the classic answer. Does that appease you? Does that seem like it's it's? The, I mean, it was the a correct point. I was going to come to at a point for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to throw us under the bus a little bit. Sure, I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus, and I'll let you add in if you want to. <laughs> I'll, I'll crawl in after you. <laughs> but if anybody who's been like following the podcast more actively, and they're like, "Oh, these are Dave's opinions and takes on things," um, I've definitely expressed multiple times in the past uh, displeasure with Blizzard. For sure. numerous yeah. reasons, uh, some of their takes on stuff, their business practices, um, the CEO being a piece of shit, second mm-hmm. harassment lawsuit, like there's all this stuff. It seems and like also, there's a lot. I feel yeah. like their games have not been up to par, and mm-hmm. I really didn't want to get involved with Diablo 4. I'm like, okay, Path of yeah. Exile 2, baby. And then I bought Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. Now, my reasons were not specifically for Diablo 4. Um, it was like, oh, I can play this game with friends. And if you know me, I'm a lonely SOB. So I will mm. take any opportunity. I can- Not any opportunity. It's strength but- only barbarian. That's what that stands for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I will do um, some stuff and make some concessions to be like, I just want to have an experience with friends. Mm. Um, and then I did that. And looking back, I didn't really need to play Diablo 4. Um, yeah. So I kind of hopped on a bandwagon and then regretted it. Um, I think it's fair. And again, I had a feeling that I would. But again, like I need to, so in, as you were saying, vote with my wallet and actually stick to that. Mm-hmm. Because if the numbers go and look back at that, they'll be like, oh, well, he bought the game. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Um, yeah. I mean, to, to pull you just slightly under the bus, it's like you made it into the middle between the wheel, uh, the wheel wells. So... I got to pull you like a little bit back out so the front tire will get you. Um, you're not buying all the season passes, right? You're not continuing to invest in that ecosystem. So if they have bean counters with super thick glasses somewhere that are looking for financial results here, they're going to say our initial sales did really well. And then Dave stopped playing. And that was, you know, really impacted our bottom line. But also other people stopped playing. I mean, I stopped playing. I haven't seen any of our friends, really, that played Diablo 4 at launch continue to play it like a live service game. True. Um, There's like a couple, a little bit of interaction in that first season. And that was like, that's kind of it. I mean, I still have like, I think, unless I lost it, some season pass to just redeem whenever. And I don't know what I'm going to because I kind of don't want to play the game. And so they're going to see that precipice, right? They're going to see that drop off. And if they expected success would be a live service game and continued engagement, I don't think they're going to get it, right? So 
to some extent you're you are still voting with your wallet even if you were part of that initial purchasing wave yeah it's just looking back i didn't really ever have the express interest to um and then kind of willingly fell into it Mm -hmm. i mean that's fair i almost think and this is maybe maybe this is too too subservient of a take but like i kind of interacted with diablo 4 the way i wanted to like i didn't really want to i'm not i don't really have interest in outright boycotting it i think the game is good overall but it's also just not a game that i want to play a bunch Mm -hmm. and that's normally the kind of games i actually am i'm looking for i don't like we can't have that many forever games like we cannot continue to have episodes on dota or starcraft or like some other game that we're playing a bunch um and they can't you have to be really freaking good to replace that and i don't think like a seasonal model game is really going to do that for me no you know so like destiny 2 somehow ate so much of my time but again Mm -hmm. i think it was more of the multiplayer aspect and the people i was playing with more so than the Mm -hmm. content itself because if you're like hey dave do you want to spin up destiny 2 and play alone i'd be like that sounds fucking awful to me Mm. that's fair i mean i'm I'm very goal driven i need something so like i've done some recent (laughs) solo payday 2 heists right like uh, taking it all back to the start of the podcast when we, we talked about Payday 2. Um, don't go back. Don't listen to it. Terrible audio quality. This was both of us and one shared microphone. It wasn't even like a blue Yeti. It was like an off-white Yeti. It's, it was, no, it was, it was ridiculous. Do you remember the jokes from like 30 years ago about like ordering drive through It's kind of like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um. But I mean, the reason I was doing that was because I just like, oh, I kind of want to just practice some of these solo heists. It just it sounded appealing to me. And there's all these other games I could play. I know I should be playing Arbored Core. I understand. Um, but it there are times when people like say something like, oh, I know I should do X. In the back of my head, I'm like, I don't bring it up because I want to be that guy. <laughs> but like, fucking yeah. <laughs> Hey, I yeah. know I said I would do X, and I'm like, I'll get around to it. I'm just, like, violently vibrating in my chair. Uh-huh. But to, like, finish the thought, the this is what Diablo 4 is up against, is I just kind of sometimes want to do other things. And, I mean, we've talked about live service games to some extent, but um, if, like, my way of pushing back against a live service game may not be not to buy it at all, but it might be... I buy it and I get the enjoyment that I expect to get out of it and then I stop playing. Yeah. So that like like you said, we kind of show as like initial launch and then not continued um playtime. Mm-hmm. I think another thing as well that I know exists and happens, but like I barely participate in the world outside, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, is actually providing feedback, whether it be from like a Steam review or something else. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But in a constructive way saying, hey, I really like these things. I did not like these things. Yeah. Um, here's some possible suggestions for improvement and not just flaming because flaming mm-hmm. doesn't do anything. Yeah. Like if Jake just came to me, he's like, hey, you're just such a dumb piece of shit. I'd be like, <laughs> OK, well, my feelings are hurt. But like <laughs> uh, you're also now probably now I'm just sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like it's you're just trying to 
spread hate and not do anything with it versus saying like hey you're a real piece of shit because you did this and i found this to be very upsetting i do not condone such behavior etc etc right and to clarify a conversation (laughs) for our listeners if you're writing a game review or you're doing feedback for a developer or something you don't it doesn't actually matter what you follow up with just don't open with you're a real piece of ass and (laughs) here's the context right that doesn't that doesn't work um yeah i mean constructive feedback can be helpful or just i would argue even if it's not constructive feedback um your voice in the crowd of dissent can also mean something i mean like case in point recent example in gaming and also blizzard related we talk about blizzard a lot but they released uh, overwatch 2 on steam mm. and that got absolutely obliterated by negative reviews um i read an article a lot of them are from china or chinese uh, simplified uh traditional chinese language because uh, presumably um it's because it's not actually available in that country anymore and it was in the past uh but the partner they had in china they had a falling out so it's not available there anymore but the point still stands it's the least it's the lowest reviewed game on steam which i mean if you think about this like completely critically maybe it doesn't deserve that amount of ire um but it deserves a fair amount (laughs) right um but uh their voice is absolutely being heard right how many people were like oh i kind of heard about you know overwatch i never really gave it a shot i guess i'll look at it on steam and then you see like like very negative or overwhelmingly negative reviews and absolutely that hits your bottom line you know that that's going to come up on investor calls right so even if you don't have like a bunch of detailed critical feedback to make it back to like development or up the company being part of the sea of voices can also have uh, have an impact. Yes. Um, even if you're somebody like me who, again, I I would at least put myself at pessimist category. Uh, to you're the critical. Point of like, yes. <laughs> moist also. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Moist individual. Friend of the but show. Like, <laughs> Charlie. Like, you know the phrase... Um, like oh it's your votes like one in a million your voice won't really be heard type thing mm-hmm. i get that a lot i very much get that um yes. to the point that i think i kind of believe it most times and you're like oh this is never really going to reach development or the company as a whole mm-hmm. all right fuck them who gives a shit about the company your voice is also going to be useful for other people to know like hey this is actually a good game that's worth playing if you enjoy this type of content or saying right. hey if you really like this type of content, this is not what you would expect. This did mm-hmm. not really match up. And you're providing that for somebody else. So like you can do the same thing with like product reviews as well to say, like, hey, this is actually good and I do recommend it. Because mm-hmm. again, from like the one time I sold knives like 13 years ago, uh, a key thing is for sales, um, the best way to market is by word of mouth through somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody on the street comes up to me and is like, hey, uh, you should get this game. It's really good. I'd be like, thanks, stranger. I'll totally look into that. <laughs> you don't really lay any credence to their word. Versus... I would... Your situation's actually so out there, though. I almost would, though. I would definitely look up the game if someone just walked up and was like, <laughs> hey, play this game. If a stranger's like, willing to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, 
for me, if I'm looking to research like a game, like, hey, you should check us out. Reviews uh-huh. is definitely a part of it, whether it's from an actual critical source or if it's just from the user base. But more specifically, I put the most weight in somebody saying, hey, Dave, I think you would like this. Right. Somebody mm-hmm. who knows my tastes and backgrounds oh, and yeah. depravity to be like, hey, this is a game for you. Um, and then I'm more willing to check it out because they're providing actual feedback that I can do something with. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's all to say, even if you don't think your voice is going out to the important masses who are going to be making the change, you still could be helping the consumer as well. Right. So I think Mm -hmm. it's beneficial for both. Yeah. I also think, um, like, there's a classical example of this, and we've used it repeatedly, but uh, when you told me about Undertale, um, like... Well, one, I didn't immediately take your feedback, um, but uh, when I did, I was like, oh, crap. I mean, if like Dave is very critical when it comes to games. If he thought that this was a big thing, if he really loved this game and he's willing to, um, you know, put it in front of me, that means something. So like we have we have real world examples of that and also to the negative, right? Like our group of friends, for the most part, plays a lot of games. You know, people are getting kids, things like that. But, you know, we still have a healthy percentage of people who play video games. And, um, uh, you know, if we're talking about a game, if we start up a channel about it, it's usually because someone's kind of hyped. But that can be usurped if someone comes in and was like, here's a controversy about that developer or here are some negative reviews. Here are some reasons I won't be playing. Like, you can take the wind out of sails very quickly. So both personally and then also if you're a million people in China, you have the ability to see change <laughs> yeah, to some extent. Yeah, because a lot of times um, you don't know what's going out in front of other people and what they're seeing. Because like, I'm sure my YouTube is wildly different from any other individuals. So a lot of my stuff is geared towards, hey, you like these types of games, typically all from soft in that space mm-hmm. um maybe some mtg so i see a lot of things about that so that's i'm probably the most versed in versus something else that might be coming out and i might not have actual good context maybe i saw a trailer two years ago i'm like that looks cool and then somebody's actually been following up with it and says actually it's kind of a piece of shit right um but returning after a minor break for technical difficulties that no one would have known about had I not called it out. Um, There's actually a technical break for minor difficulties. The kids have escaped mm. again. <laughs> I had to wrangle them. <laughs> they, I've, I've heard they yearn for the mines, but they keep trying to escape. I just don't get it. <laughs> um, but uh, what they actually yearn for is Minecraft. That was the miscommunication. Hmm. Oh, well. Uh, the other thing you could potentially do is by supporting um, games that are developed in the way that you you appreciate, that you like, right? So in my case, this is almost a rebuke of my earlier point, but rather than playing Diablo 4, I mean, so you mentioned Path of Exile too, but it's not an option. They pushed it back a year. We have to be playing video games. We'll literally die if we don't. But there are like other games we could play, right? either support some indies or play a game that's already a forever game 
or just take a look at the backlog one more time, sigh, and then close the backlog list. Like there's all kinds of options as alternatives. I didn't need to buy Diablo 4 and then play it in a way that maybe they didn't want me to. It would have been even a better message to send to not buy it at all. Yes, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, but I also need to now interject to say the way you phrased well, look at the backlog, sigh, and then close the backlog. <laughs> it sounded very much like uh, casually explained. Mm. That's good. I mean, that's 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 pretty high, pretty high praise. Uh, casually explained is great. Friend of the show, casually explained. Check them out. They're they're growing. <laughs> They'll finally hit a million subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like. I mean, I hope another thing that they check is like things as they go mm -hmm. so like i got remnant one got remnant two again that was like had enough enjoyment from the first it was a social game same exact thing with the second one mm -hmm. i have to see about stuff with the third but i don't know if i would necessarily jump into it at this point yeah whereas from soft stuff and like anything that comes out feed it to me directly please i love it yeah um there was another one Baldur's gate three mm -hmm. also larian is just in my my good spot um, and I'm going to keep checking out stuff that they make unless something looks super awful. Um, right. Whereas a lot of other stuff that's come out, I think Lies of P just came out. Mm -hmm. And that for me doesn't have my interest right now. Right. Like I watched some of the trailers. I'm like kind of curious where it's going. But now that it's had more stuff, I'm like, I don't know. I just don't have the same drive for it. Mm -hmm. So again, maybe it is a good game. Maybe you'll pick it up later at some point. But currently, for me, if I'm, you know, a stat dot on a metric of time and games purchased, like, I don't want to buy this game now at $60. If it was right. 30 I didn't even realize sure. that was 60 bucks. Well, I mean, it's a new game, right? So, I, mean, I have to imagine it's 60 or 50 I'll be honest, I haven't looked a bunch into Lies of P, but I didn't realize it was, like, AAA. If, if you're charging 60 I assume it's AAA. Yes, it is 60 and it gotcha. is AAA, I believe. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, <laughs> a thrilling Souls-like that takes the story of Pinocchio. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Maybe I should have paid more attention to it, but that is a... Uh, yeah, I think... So, 100% this is going to be a game mm -hmm. where it sits for a bit, uh -huh. Ian plays it, and then provides his feedback, and then I won't play it anyway because... If Ian likes a game, mm -hmm. it's possible for me to also like that game, but right. he will get deep into some stuff where it's just a little bit outside my wheelhouse. Right. I mean, like, he, he had a lot Red more Fall. fun with <laughs> Remnant 2 than I did. True. Again, True. I'm also a pessimist. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Critical. <laughs> critical. I am critical. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't look at this. It looks like it's vaguely... Uh... Uh, Bloodborne. I probably should have played more, paid more attention to it. But I'll be honest this this year is so packed that like some games that I would be paying attention to, I'm not paying as much attention to right now. And that will basically be true for the rest of rest of the year. But you gonna are you gonna play Red Dead Three? <laughs> Red Dead Three. <laughs> That's not coming out this year. That's made up. I but I also didn't finish Red Dead Two. I started it and didn't complete it. And then later I bought it on PC. I think and it just went to the backlog. Not tremendously helpful but red dead is an excellent game i don't have anything to like outside of rockstar's online monetization scheme which i don't engage with at all 
I don't really have any gripes with Red Dead. It's a master masterpiece. masterpiece. Um, but yeah, I think like we have some examples of games that are like it's very easily to be critical of them. Like right, we've we've talked about Cyberpunk. We've talked about No Man's Sky. I buy every game apparently, so there's not going to be one that doesn't show up on this list. Um, but I mean, the response to that in some ways was the whole industry kind of rose up and was like, this is not okay. Um, I don't know how successful those games were. Apparently no man's Sky made enough money to fund free updates for like the next decade, but like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you do in situations such as that. If you can't really just return it, which is the most direct, um, I'm not sure what the answer really is. You know, you just play other games. Yeah. But I guess like, because your question was more, how do you, how do we actually inspire change? And that's kind of, you almost need to pick a specific behavior that you want to work against, right? Like you want to work against the season pass model or you want to work against always online or you want to work against DRM or some other against nintendo's online being shit yes <laughs> maybe maybe individual maybe quality should be better for certain systems right um and that can be tough and i don't i don't know exactly how to answer that one because that's all going to be unfortunately <laughs> bundled up with a bunch of metrics otherwise for the game it was either successful or not right redfall was so bad it got like a 56 on metacritic i think and like nobody played it or bought it and the people that did probably returned it and the only people who didn't it was because it was on game pass right so or they were game reviewers yeah yes yeah um it's but outside of an example of that crazy i don't know like speaking with your wallet and then also providing some feedback because mm-hmm. like obviously if you've purchased i'm gonna throw pokemon Arceus under the bus because sure. it's fun too because it had so many issues Again, I did not play it myself. I just saw so many things about it in articles um, where, like, the graphics were, like, so subpar compared to what they could have been. It had frame rate issues, and it's, like, modern day, and it's on Nintendo. Like, they have the capability to do these things, but they're not doing it. Mm -hmm. And at least the vibe I got at the time when it happened is that they were not really held to the fire for that, of, like, hey... We demand that this is better in the future. People are just like, that's how they are. Uh, yep. Basically taking the Bethesda strat of like, oh, that's <laughs> good just, enough. That's just what they do. Uh-huh. And again, if that's what you are fine paying for and what you're mm-hmm. fine experiencing with, then that's where you're going to keep getting. Right. Because um, for any type of change, you need communication. Because mm-hmm. I can't. If I wanted Jake to do something differently on the podcast, I can't just like will my thoughts into him. We have mm-hmm. to talk about his behavior on the podcast. Right. And, and we... back early on, <laughs> we actually did talk a lot, not not about him specifically, but about how we wanted to change us things, how we wanted to communicate, have more of a dialogue or have more dynamic content. And it's not like it was a quick, oh, we have one conversation, done. There's mm-hmm. lots of back and forth and figuring stuff out. And I think it took probably two years for us to get to a pretty comfortable back and forth, would you say? 
Yeah. Eventually, I, I broke you of expectations to change my behavior. <laughs> <and> that's, <laughs> that's where He's never going to change. I just have to talk over him. Wow. <laughs> you could try. Uh, but unfortunately, I think that's that's part of I don't there. I've improved, I think, in some ways to that regard. But the problem I still have and you can just go back like three minutes to hear this problem is if I'm amped up, I'm fine dominating a conversation and not realizing it. Uh, long-time listeners of the podcast already know this, because how couldn't you? <laughs> um, right, but it's it's not a bad thing. It's not like you go on for four minutes. Hmm. Like, I've seen <laughs> some content where it's one person is doing 95%, and they just also have, like, an Andy Richter on the side who says five words, right? Oh, yeah. That's a good and example. This isn't that. It's not like yeah. a one-man thing where there's just a secondary. Like, it mm -hmm. is a back and forth. Is it always right. exactly 50-50? No, and it doesn't need to be. Mm -hmm. I thought of another way. Gamers mm -hmm. can fight back against the industry here, though. And um, this isn't this isn't new, but it's something everyone, I think, can practice to a certain extent. But uh, not pre-ordering games is big because that allows you to get your perfect example, recent example, as of today, uh, Payday 3 came out, right? But, like, at the start of the day, I think there was one published review on OpenCritic. It was IGN 70. Um, I think I checked a little bit later in the day, and, like, there's already several other reviews that were posted here. And if you weren't looking at uh, online preview footage and you weren't listening to people who maybe did the open beta and you didn't do, do, the, do the open beta yourself, you don't have the full picture of what this game was going to be like at launch. And pre-ordering it is pretty much just faith at that point, right? Um, and I, I think everyone should get at least one developer where they're comfortable pre-ordering their games, maybe two, right? So for Dave, it's Larian. I would also say Larian's pretty safe right now. But I've also thought other games were pretty safe and developers are pretty safe and they undercut me. But I don't want to wish that upon anyone. <laughs> um. But it's a good skill to build because it's just as easy to buy a game the day after it comes out or even the day it comes out than to pre-order it, right? Yeah, it's just kind of being, again, I would argue smart with your money. Mm -hmm. Like, at any point you can buy something later. You can even wait for it to be on sale um, mm -hmm. if you really wanted to. It's just there's so much first day hype of I have to get in there I have to be a part of the, the zeitgeist experience that everyone else is having I want to be just spoiled fair. on some yeah. stuff which there's definitely some value to not disagreeing with all of that but like you really just don't need to pre-order yeah mm -hmm. oh you're going to let me play five days early oh thank you mister oh thank you so much for uh -huh. gracing me with five extra days of gameplay that is fucking insane to me that they think that that is worth money. I'm going to have this mm -hmm. game for the rest of my life. I own the game. Allow right. me to play it five days early? Cool. Thanks. You're going to give me cosmetic? Wowie zowie. That's so neat. That's so rad. Uh -huh. Are you fucking kidding me? No. I'm not paying you money for that. Give me a fucking game and let me know what I'm buying. And then that will be the end of our transaction. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. That's I used to go the, over to GameStop, show my ID to be like, I'm going to grab this M17 
plus. Oh, I remember okay. what the game was, but like, oh, I I was making a face because my brain went to like M seventeen. That's a gun. No, that's an M sixteen. <laughs> I was like, why are you getting an assault rifle at GameStop? Maybe it was Blood Rain. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I would go and just buy a thing, and then leave. Right. Very respectable transactional relationship. Um, yes. Like you I, could pre-order stuff back then too but again like there's not a need to they're mm. not gonna run out of supply of like oh we only made sixty thousand copies of god of war sorry yes it's not a ps5 all right like they're not gonna have production issues with the game itself right You'll especially in the get a copy age of digital distribution as with everything uh maybe there are exceptions if your internet's poor and you need to preload or something like that and it's going to take you a week then you know maybe that's a different scenario but you specifically called out the five day waiting time and i would also like to join the mutual aggression pact against that um starfield did it most recently and the version that had the because it basically was i think five days or or close to it head start was um it cost $100. It was $100 to get access to that game the weekend. Um, it came out before it came out on like a Wednesday, I think. So, I mean, Wednesday is a very uninteresting day to begin playing a game. And like True. Thursday at midnight or something like that, or th- Thursday evening, maybe it was Friday, with a whole weekend ahead of you, that look, that sounds so much sweeter, right? Take me to the the land of milk and honey where I can play the video game that just came out over the weekend. And part of me was kind of tempted. It was a stupid part. It was a really, really dumb part. Kind of tempted to just like buy that game so I could play it over the weekend because I knew it was leading into PTO, right? Because I took time off for Starfield. Judge me for it. No game will ever be good that I take time off for. You're welcome that I didn't do it from Baldur's <laughs> Gate. Um, but I didn't buy that game at all. In fact, I went on the opposite range right i actually played it on game pass um so my financial contribution specifically towards that game is pretty much as low as it gets without going to piracy right <laughs> like, yes. and also playing the game um and then once i was done i was like this is kind of i told dave it's like a seven five in my opinion in some ways it's kind of like a seven especially coming off of Baldur's gate and that's like a pretty low score for a game you take time off for. And it's a it feels kind of good to not spend a hundred dollars on a game that you ultimately give like a seven. Right? Yeah. And that's sad. Um again, I'm very biased because I'm not surprised at all because it's Bethesda and I do not like them. I do mm-hmm. not like the games that they make. I do not like them Sam I am. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's disappointing because I know so many people were very excited for this to come out. Mm-hmm. And then it seems to me as an outsider, just like another, it's Fallout in space. Cool. Like they didn't mm-hmm. really change anything. They didn't really improve anything. They didn't make a good game. They just made another game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I'm glad that things like Game Pass do exist. Mm-hmm. So you can have a your subscription model of hey i'm gonna get access to all games there's some things i want to try out do like a once playthrough of not necessarily go back to cool yeah ten dollar value for a month as we've said before it makes sense for doing just a a one-off playthrough of something that you were curious Mm -hmm. to try or maybe you want to try a couple of things 
hey, I tried five different games for 10 bucks. Or maybe only two of them stuck. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so much nicer of a buy-in for a consumer instead of being getting all this marketing hype, spending 60 or $70 on a new game. And even after it's marketed to look so well and reviews are like decent and then it's not what you wanted and you've spent X amount of time and you can't refund it. Yeah. Um, and it sucks because I'm in a position where it's not going to kneecap me to make a couple of those financial decisions. Uh-huh. There are other people who that is a still a hefty chunk. Yeah. And I don't want people to be deprived of good entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but prices are considerably higher than they used to be. Inflation's a thing in general. So, I don't know. I would like products to be as advertised. And there have definitely been some games, Cyberpunk, where mm. it did not come out as advertised. Uh, it was specifically sneaky beaky about um, how things performed on PC. Yeah. Uh, and consoles, honestly. I mean, yeah. it got pulled from the PlayStation Store and wasn't reinstated until like months later, I think. So. It's a well-documented case of a game coming short. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... I think I think we probably covered most of the ways outside of just, like, not buying <laughs> new games at all. I think we've covered, like, most of the ways that you could kind of mitigate it while still being an enthusiast... Enthusiast? <laughs> enthusiast in the gaming space. Um, like... No, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I actually I hope that more things this is kind of uh, there's a monkey's paw curling somewhere, but I hope that more things get added to a Game Pass like system. <clears throat> Caveat before the monkey curls his finger. I want that to be the same subscription and not just infinite subscription. I don't want yes. like a Starfield subscription, for instance, where like every single player game is an MMO. Please. No, don't want. Um. But I I wouldn't hate if more of these, like you're saying, $70 games, right? With inflation and the cost of everything else taking more money. If a couple more of those I could try out for, um, you know, a bit during Game Pass. Like right now, I think I've got Game Pass for like three months, probably at this point. The first month was like free. So Starfield, $70 game. I paid $10 that month. Paid a three. A $40 game. I'm going to pay $10 this month, right? Already, I'm kind of saving money a long ways out if I would have bought those games anyways. Yes. Um, And this is why the rise of like something like Netflix was so fucking huge. mm -hmm. Because let's say, back to the older model of Blockbuster Video, let's say rentals were a couple bucks, right? And that was fine if you're just going to watch a movie once. Mm -hmm. Um but again, the idea of a rental existed, and we don't really have that with games so much. Right. There might have been a t- like a small window where like it was a thing, but it was not to the same degree as we had with movies. So if you mm-hmm. wanted to buy a movie, let's say it's 20 bucks. Okay, now Netflix comes in, and they're like, hey, for the $8 a month at the time when it started, you have access to all of these movies. Now, uh-huh. again, it might not be every single thing that you want, and it's a rotating catalog, unfortunately. But you can watch something for relatively cheap. A large number Mm -hmm. of things for that same uh, blanket price. And something like that is really nice for 
people who want to try things out and don't have deep whale pockets for all these very expensive video games. Right. It's impossible not to make a comparison, right? Like, um, I think good games can always compete. Baldur's Gate 3, worth the money. Armored Core 6, worth the money. But if there's another game that's like coming down the pipe and I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm not excited for it, but I would like to play it. It's going to be competing against a $10 service that gives me access to this entire catalog now, right? And I think for people who like to be owners of things, I'm sorry, history has not gone your way (laughs) as far as digital rights are concerned, but you still do have the option to like use a Game Pass model and then later purchase a game. Uh, Microsoft Game Pass in particular gives you a discount when games rotate out. It's like, I think it's 20%. Um, it's just like whatever the game is retail at that point, 20% off the top, but you could probably also find like a 75% deal on steam or something that long after the game's been out. So there's ways to still finagle it if you want to have that around forever, but for your average person who just wants to play some video games and usually they're the ones that have come out recently, it's kind of exactly what you want and $70 video games are going to look worse and worse. Like, I I don't want to buy three or four seventy dollar games over the course of two months. No, that is a hefty chunk, hefty hefty chunk. Because it used to be like you might buy like two big games a year, so maybe mm-hmm. you spent a hundred dollars total at fifty games a piece or fifty dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> would you rather play two fifty dollar games <laughs> or fifty two dollar games? Hmm. <laughs> 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 Actually, um, pretty 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 solidly the first game, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, overall, I would still like to see a shift where more games will just come out that can justify mm-hmm. a higher price point, and you will get good value out of that. Right. And again, it's as marketed. Mm-hmm. Like, personally, I was never invested in redfall but it looked like a decently playable game for people who wanted to play it right and then Mm -hmm. it just had so many issues because they didn't do things to address making the game interesting and not buggy and other things like we can't we can't allow people to keep cutting corners and have that happen and be like oh well i guess that's just how it is no yeah do something about it um, they can't keep getting away with this. They can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah. all of our strategies really feed into future behaviors, right? Because if you played a game and you got burned, maybe you bought Diablo Four and you're like, "Ah, man, this was too much money for the game that I got." Like using that to inform your future behavior. I know that it's very difficult as a soft G gamer, but like. You kind of have to. It is it is the way that the industry gets better. I didn't buy Redfall. I was very excited for it. I saw not just the warning signs, but like the active crime scene when the mm-hmm. game came out. And I was like, eh, I don't need to. Right? And the more games that can come out where you're like, I'm going to temper my expectations a little bit and not just be a kid in a candy store knocking over everything. That's how you get banned from the candy store, by the way. Um, Like, 
and if you can be patient and you know reinforce the games that deserve it or the ones that use the model that you like then i think that's really how you change the industry yeah like i think one of the biggest things always is not just even specifically for gaming but when somebody is creating content that you like whether it's a traditional artist who's like doing art stuff or somebody who makes music or somebody makes a video game or a restaurant you like to go to right giving them like your good positive feedback of like hey i really enjoyed these things really helps to kind of strengthen and encourage hey what i'm doing is working for my customer base mm-hmm. um, they're appreciating my product and the time and effort that's put into it currently or if you're like hey um really love the food the service was great I uh, wasn't crazy about this one appetizer. Okay, a bunch of people are saying like your fried mushrooms suck. Maybe it's the mushrooms. Maybe it's the way you're frying them, right? Like you can mm-hmm. look to change from that to provide a better experience. But again, feedback's really key. But also just if you see somebody doing something that you like, throw them a nice shout out in general. Mm-hmm. It's just one, a way to provide constructive feedback and two, positivity. Yeah. Because you can be like, oh, I've always liked such and such as thing, but I've like never engaged with them or said anything at all. Mm-hmm. Go to a fucking YouTube creator you like and be like, hey, really like this video. Keep up the good work. Even that, it's just, it's a nice thing you can do. And it goes a long way, much further than you think. If you yeah. like this podcast, be sure to... <laughs> <laughs> just like it. Yeah, just go straight into the outro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would This is just me that. doing for seven, another seven minutes and then I lead into that. <laughs> i definitely second that because like um when somebody says like hey that's a really cool shirt or i like your shirt or i had one guy um i was going to a local convenience store and we were eating some of the food from the uh convenience store slash gas station in the parking lot and uh someone like waved like in front of the car and we're just sitting here in the parking spot like they're on the walkway going into the store right i was just like oh do i freaking know this person and they like seemed to understand i had no idea like what they're waving about or whatever and he like he rolled up his shirt and he showed like a majora's mask uh tattoo i was like oh right i've got a decal on my car of majora's mask it's freaking awesome i gave him thumb like the double thumbs up and it was just like it was a cool interaction right one this guy's kind of stepping out i don't know if he's not naturally outgoing or whatever but there are many situations where i was like that person's doing a cool thing and they will never know about it, right? Because exactly. I'm not going to interact. Yeah. In this case, the guy did. I thought it was awesome. I felt validated and had my Majora's Mask sticker. The closest thing I've done is tell someone they had a cool Final Fantasy 14 shirt. Like, that can that can really lift up somebody's day, honestly. Yeah. I remember there was a time I was at... I <laughs> We were walking around outside. This okay. might have been Longwood Suspicious. Gardens or something else. I don't fucking remember, but mm. someone said like, "Hey, cool shirt." Or no, they said something else about like Sans from Undertale. I was like, mm. "I don't even know what that means." And later, I looked down my shirt. I'm like, "Oh, I'm wearing my Sans Undertale shirt. Cool." Uh-huh. Um, so the person appreciated that and they conveyed it as like a, "Hey, that's cool. I connect with you on that," and right. that was a cool thing. Um, yeah. And I do it so rarely, and I need to do it more. Uh, just even like a small thing, it goes so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so far. 
And that's the uh, that's the real life lesson at the end of the the video game discussion about how we're trying to change the industry and things. But I mean, it's the same. Video games are real life for uh, the people who make them, and for the people who rely on them for content creation. Um, Body that's <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. Um, any closing thoughts? Any 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 cap? Um, or no cap you would like to provide Jake, to our listeners. Jake, we're in our thirties, please. That's know. true. Yeah. Um, I still don't know what it means, but I heard it <laughs> once. No cap means I'm not lying about that. Oh, okay. I thought it was anti capitalist, but I guess that works too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no capitalism, please. <laughs> um, advice. I kind of just reiterating what I've said a moment mm-hmm. ago and I've definitely said before. A challenge to you, listener. Find a content creator that you like, whatever that medium be. Mm. Uh, even if you already have interacted with them, especially if you haven't. Just be like, hey, I like what you're making. It brings me joy, and I appreciate that you do it. Mm. Or if you see a friend who has like a cool shirt, or a stranger has a cool shirt, just be like, hey, shirt looks cool. Mm-hmm. Or tell somebody that they look nice today. Specifically, look nice because it has no yeah, sexual yeah, connotation. Throw, with it. Don't throw today at the end of it. Oh, <laughs> you well, look nice today. Today, <laughs> I mean today. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, just find somebody doing something that you like and let them know. Yeah, I think that's pretty good advice. Um, but if you guys have good advice, or you have other ways that we could fight the industry. You know, really just stick it to the uh, patriarchy, the oligarchy, some sort of archy, uh, whatever the industry represents as far as video games are concerned. Or you have trends that uh, are kind of kicking kicking along that you wish were kicking along a little bit less. Uh, you can send that feedback into us and then I guess we can see what we can do. We can like send in a letter, m- mail a senator or something. Soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or... You could join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Get shrecked, nerds. Do the impossible, see the invisible. Row, row. Fight the power, touch the untouchable, break the unbreakable. Row, row. Fight the power. Power to the peeps, power for the team. Still missing peace, scattering so incomplete. We be that once incredible soldier from underground. See how easy they all fall down. Digging through the court to see the light. Let's get out of here, babe. That's the way to survive. Y'all top off the head. I'm on the set. Do the impossible. Don't you wanna bet? Cause a lot of things change. We be waiting in vain. If you wanna get by, no pain, no gain. Wow, Rickies wanna test me again. Sorry, my rhyme's gonna snatch your brain, yo. I'm still starving for the straight up skill. We gonna make it happen with a crazy rap skill. You're ready to rumble. Now be the time, uh huh. 